Hello, everybody. This is podcast number seven. Um, seven is a yeah, it's a it's a crazy number. It took seven years for Jacob to marry Leah, right? But he didn't want to marry Leah. He wanted to marry Rachel, <laughs> and so it took another fourteen years. I'll bring that up again on podcast number fourteen. You guys just wait for it. Um, <laughs> it is another nighttime episode. This is becoming a habit, but I think a good a good habit. Don't you agree, Bobby? Uh huh. Bobby, what time is it? Do you know? Late. Okay, so it's late. Um, he can't clap to to figure out. Ah, oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. Eight thirty-three. Bobby has a Bobby has some dinner in his hand right now. Mm-hmm. Um, James is here as well, so the crowd, the usual crowd, is back. Whoop, whoop. Today's podcast is titled "Why Would I Enjoy Things That Are Temporary," and this could be our most philosophical one yet. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's mean, we a, got pretty deep on the last episode, though. Yeah, which is why we wanted to follow up on it because after we finished our podcast last week. Um, we actually sat around for, I think, like another hour, mm-hmm. if At not least, longer, yeah. um, uh, talking about temporary things, or enjoying temporary things. So, we will we will get to that in a moment. As usual, we will cover some previous topics first, and then go into our introductions, and then we'll start it. So, first up. Yes, I went home. My mom's birthday is actually tomorrow, but I went home this past weekend to Newport News to see her. Shout out to um, Mama Neely. Yep, I picked up my sister Hannah, who's been mentioned on this podcast before, from Richmond, from the Richmond airport. She lives in New York City, but she flew into Richmond. And we surprised my mom, which was kind of cool to see. She didn't know Hannah was coming home. She thought I was coming home on Sunday, but I came home on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, also, my mom is no longer listening to the podcast, so we've lost we've lost a listener. No! Wait, she was she, our only listener. What happened? Well, apparently, when, when she was listening to the Island episode, and I made some joke about meth at one point, and she thought that I shouldn't joke about meth, and so she turned it off, and she wasn't going to listen to it anymore. So oh, she's done. No more. She's oh. done. She's done. Man. Wow. Is this the... So we've already had one death knell in our podcast, which was um, the whole Holly, why should I, why would I thing. <laughs> we thought that was a death knell, but we just were reborn as a new podcast. Yeah. Um, is this going to be another death knell that our one listener is no well, longer listening? You would think that uh, a fledgling podcast such as ours would be crippled by the lack of one less listener. However... Uh, I did just look, and our views went up from, um, well, I won't tell you how, how little views we've total had, because we keep taking podcasts down and putting them back up, because we had to edit them, but there have been a ton of views on the last podcast we posted about why I would love, why I would go see live music, I can't remember how exactly I said it, but um, mm-hmm. uh, there was one, one f- apparently you can favorite uh, podcasts on Anchor, and so you get a notification from... Anchor. But who would know that? Certainly not podcasters themselves. Mm. I didn't know this until actually I realized that the the favorites came like 19 days ago, but I, I didn't see that till now. The more you know. So one of them was a girl um, named Melody, and I was like, "Oh, cool! Who's Melody? I don't know that girl. Um, I wonder what she thinks about the podcast." So I clicked on the profile. She is a um, she's a let's just say an adult entertainer. Would that be the best way to describe um, it, James? What would you say? A lady of the evening. Haven't you said that on this podcast before? A lady of the evening. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But is what's lady? Is it lady of the night or lady of the evening? Well, lady of the night was the actual one, but yeah, I said lady or, of the evening. But you said lady of the evening because it was like wasn't quite there, but like close. I can't remember what context I was using that in. Me either. Maybe we'll have to go back and listen to it ourselves. Anyways, Melody, I just wanted to say um, thank you for listening to our podcast. Uh, as Bobby has said before, we don't usually give advice, but I'd say um, you should you should try something else. I think that you've got maybe <laughs> maybe you can maybe you can do something some kind of just podcasting hosting 
I don't know, Melody. Just you know, talk to us. We can we can get you out of this lifestyle. I don't know where I'm going right now. I have nowhere to go. Help me out, guys. Help me out. Um, so introductions, uh, right, boys? Bobby, anything mad? My name is Melody. And I am here eating my dinner, having yingling. Um. Okay. So, yeah. Or no. Mom, Melody. Um. Yeah. I guess now we have to do introductions. So, the, today we will. Uh, I will have to introduce James. James, you'll introduce Bobby. We're switching it up. Bobby, you'll introduce me. Mm-hmm. Um, how about, James, you want to go first? Um, Real quick, before you go, what is, you've got like two scratches on your forehead. What are they? Oh, yeah, so I was playing basketball on Saturday, and With someone hit me in the, um, someone hit me in the head. No, um, not a dog. <laughs> nope, they were, um, they were, um, yeah, it was kind of sad. This was the first time in my life that I was put on the old man team. Mm. Um, at 23 years old, I don't know what that means for me, but, um, I was on the old man team and the old man team lost. Dang. Um, yeah. So even though they had your young, uh, virile energy, <laughs> you lost? Yeah, we, we, yeah, we lost to some high school kids. Um, Dang. yeah. Yeah, that was tough. Those high schoolers. That was tough. They're, I mean, they're good high schoolers. Shout out to the high school kids. They're probably um, bad high schoolers. They're, no, they're, they're good kids. I was, they're oh, good kids. oh, sorry, CHS. They're good kids. CHS. Um, but, um, yeah, actually, I don't know which high school they go to, but... You know, it's probably important, and maybe we'll follow that up with our, at the beginning of our next podcast. We'll have a clarification about what high school they go to. But for now... High School. But for, <laughs> but for now, let's say, James, did you want to go first and introduce Bobby? Uh, sure, I can introduce okay. Bobby. Um, let's see. So, one of my favorite things to do with Bobby Winslow um, is, to <laughs> go, uh, is to go out in the backyard and just throw the baseball around. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Bobby, um, in the fall, uh, he realized that he needed a baseball glove. And for all of you out there who do not have a baseball glove, I would highly recommend purchasing one. Um, I don't have one and I'm doing okay, but, and I still think that you should purchase a baseball glove. But anyway, so, um, so Saturday morning, Bobby and I went out in the backyard and we just threw the baseball around. It was glorious. And it was, it was wonderful. The sun was shining. You can hear the, the slap in the mitt. Um, one of my favorite scents in the world is the, the scent of a baseball glove. Just like the leather of it. I don't know. It just has a very distinct scent. And it just takes me back to the good old days, you know? So mm-hmm. um, that was more an introduction of me. I'm sorry, Bobby. but um, <laughs> we were there. He's pulling at you. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, I, I would say I'm so proud of Bobby for realizing at the, at the ripe age of 30 years old that the thing that he needed to purchase mm. in life is a is a baseball glove, and so I'm proud of you for purchasing a baseball glove, Bobby. Well, I'm proud you. of you, Bobby. Good job. Thank you very much. Well, I'll take this opportunity to in- introduce our dear friend, not Lady of the Night, Joshua Nearly. <laughs> I am not even a Lady of the Evening. No, no, no I don't think so. <laughs> no, no, it could be the a night Lady now. of the Afternoon. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. It's eight forty. It's seventy degrees according to Josh's clock, and that's how I'll introduce Josh. He has a. Clapper clock, you can clap it on. It's becoming quite a fixture and, uh, of this podcast. I don't know if we've mentioned yet its, um, I don't know if you would say texture, what it looks like. It looks like a block of wood, and it's just sitting on his desk, and if you don't notice the wire coming out the back of it, or the little sort of Wi-Fi looking image plastered to the top of it, you yeah. would think it's just a block of wood until you clap, <laughs> and there is the time, and Josh uh. loves... His lamp's pull cord that he will pull about four inches away from the post of the lamp, let it go, and let the ball of the pull cord run into the post of the lamp, which will turn on the clock. It is his favorite. So we'll, we'll listen to that now. There it is. You just heard it. 
here live on the podcast. I don't know if you probably couldn't hear that. Well, whether you could or you couldn't, you can imagine, imagine, I'm sure. And that's one thing that really does entertain Josh nearly. And if I had to, like, go further with this introduction, I would say that Josh (laughs) is really, really enjoyable to get into the, I don't know if proverbial is the right word, but a giggle fit with Josh will laugh. (laughs) Josh will laugh at laughter, which builds on the laughter of the moment. And eventually, before you know it, you can't really breathe, and it's fun. Josh is a fun guy. Can we, if we recount that one time, where, where the no 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 started i don't know if, <laughs> do you think that that would be a good what like people would understand if we were i feel like that's like, one of those know. things that people would just listen to it and be like wow these three are a bunch of weirdos yeah it probably uh-huh. doesn't translate as well but that was one of those cases where i think i was laughing for about five minutes and i'm not even exaggerating five minutes straight i was crying yeah yeah, yeah. maybe uh, we could do a podcast on like why would i enjoy things that like other people wouldn't enjoy or something like that. Yeah. We need to phrase that better. <laughs> we'll work on that. Why <laughs> would I get high when I live with Bobby Winslow? <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good one. We should do that. Um, mm-hmm. Real quick, uh, back to this clock. I got my mom, uh, also got my mom a clock of a similar ilk um, for her birthday because she mentioned to me that she heard on the podcast before she stopped listening um, <laughs> that mom. she heard about the clock. She's like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. I have a clock in my room and I... Uh, she said that she likes complete darkness, just like me. I guess it's genetic. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's, for the past 20 years, been putting a sock over her clock every night. 20 years? To, to wow. block out the, the light. And so I got her a clock that now turns off automatically, and you clap, or you um, cough or sneeze, as we've gone over before. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it turns on. So hopefully she likes that. Mom, uh-huh. you might come back to this podcast if you're listening. So if mm-hmm. you're listening... <laughs> See, I just put my alarm clock face down, like on my little. And you can't know what time it is. Well, yeah, but when in the middle of the night, are you like, hmm, what time is it? Sometimes I wake up, go yeah. to the bathroom. I'm like, how much time? Of, how many hours of sleep do I have? You left? still have all that melatonin flowing. <laughs> you know, like you know, you turn thirty, you're gonna wake up four times every night. <laughs> every night. It's terrible. Uh, mm, man. Um, all right, so last but not least of the introductions is James Stewart Supley. It's been a while since I've elaborated a bit on his extended universe of family. Um, I thought that I would extend a little bit more today. Mm. Um, so last time we checked, James James's dis, well, his, his distant ancestor, um, the son of Stuart III, um, had emigrated to America... Uh, this was in the 1600s, um, and so he made it to America. Now, if you had to guess, you would think that he emigrated maybe to Pennsylvania, because that's where James is from. Wrong. <laughs> he actually ended up in Georgia. Oh. Um, now, he wasn't a convict, um, as most Georgians were in, in those days, but he actually, um, on the way over, he had a, uh, he had a conversion to Christianity oh. um, on the boat ride over. From what? Uh, so before that... He was a Muslim. A Muslim in England. Christian on a boat. On a boat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, is that the strangest part of it? That it was on a boat for you? I think that the whole... You know, it's... I wonder how many Muslims there were in England in the 1600s. (laughs) Actually, I I did research on this before the podcast. There were only two. (laughs) And so your ancestor was one of them. Who was the other one? Um, I can't go into it for security purposes right now. Um, But maybe next podcast. I'll let you guys know. (laughs) Maybe next podcast. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, after converting to Christianity on the way over, he landed in Georgia um, and became a pastor. 
Um, and so he set out the rest of his life to uh, convert the convicts as well as the Native Americans in Georgia to Christianity. Um, however, things did take a turn um, in the year 1684. Now, you guys uh, listening to the podcast should do your research online. Um, 1684 was a momentous year in Georgia's history. I'm sure, James, you know all about this, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, of course. Did you want to elaborate on it at all? I no, you're doing you're doing such a okay. good job. Okay. Okay. Thank continue. you. Um, so I'll get into all that the next time I introduce James. But 1684 is where we will leave it, and that'll be a good marker for the next time that I that I start this again. Okay. <laughs> so that was the introduction of James. <laughs> I hope you all learned a lot about me from from that introduction. They did. They did. I did. I learned a lot as I was going along. <laughs> That's great. I'm on the edge of my seat. It's not because I'm leaning forward. So, <laughs> this is the time of the podcast where we finally get to the actual topic. Now, this one I think will be interesting because, again, it's a follow-on from our last podcast. And, again, oh, yeah. the title is, Why Would I Enjoy Things That Are Temporary? First off, one thing that is I'm enjoying right now that is temporary is that Bobby put a... Uh, can I say what you're drinking, or is, is it... I mean, that's up to your branding rights... I'm fine with it as long as you're okay with it. I'm fine with it. I'm okay with it. <laughs> James is fine with it. Um, Bobby's drinking a Yingling. And anyways, he has it in his shirt pocket, um, the bottle itself in his shirt pocket. And it's a good cup holder. If you haven't done this yet in your life, uh, I recommend it. Particularly sure. after you're already engaged and you don't have to worry about women anymore. Then you can start Or if you're having him. a podcast with a bunch of dudes. Mm. Bros. Yep. That's Bros. a nice place I'm to do entertained it. by it. I also brought my uh, sort of beach chair type <laughs> chair into the room it's not I don't want to give them the impression that this is the type of chair that you sit like so low that your butt gets hit by the water as you're like sitting there right next to the water and the waves come up and hit you this one sits a little bit higher but it is the same kind of mesh material plasticky mesh your chair reminds me of something like my 80 year old Grammy would would like break out at Easter yep and I'm breaking it out here in 2019 yep so back to the podcast Um, (laughs) why would I enjoy things that are temporary so unlike this permanent beach chair yes exactly <laughs> um well i guess the best way to, to introduce this would be just a quick quick summary of the end of our conversation last week mm-hmm. um again well last week even though we published it this morning so for you listening it's going to be times all screwed up for you guys we're good like <laughs> the host of the podcast we we're good on time good. Uh, good. you guys are all screwed up so i'm sorry so good um we ended the podcast last time. I remember I read something from David Bentley Hart about sort of the melancholy that comes with amazing experiences because they're not meant to last, because we're yearning for something more eternal. And we ended the podcast, and then Bobby actually asked us, how exactly did, did you phrase it? Oh, goodness. I wish I could remember word for word. Well, basically it was just like, why do you have to enjoy things? Like, why do you have to be sad after you enjoy things? Is that a necessity? Does that always happen? So, um, from there, James, you sort of um, immediately was, like, very present with us um, and said, hey, I've got a great thing to tell you guys because I was listening to everything you just said. That's true. I was listening to everything. Mm-hmm. So you said you split you split the world into two different types of people. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. I think there are... Good and, and evil. <laughs> and... No. And um, 
No. No. And generally, I hate generalizations like that, but... Um, but in this what, case... But what, what, this two, case. what do, Tell us the two groups. Sorry yeah, so the... Um, I forgive you. So the first group are the people who, like, naturally can be more... Can be more present in the moment and enjoy something for what it is. Um, and then the the other group of people are the people who are who are in a sense comparing what is to like what could be. Um, I think I would certainly fall into that latter camp of someone who, um, I mean, I, I can enjoy some things in the moment, um, but there inevitably reaches a, a time when my enjoyment of that thing um, hits sort of a wall of, excuse me, that this, that this thing itself is, it is good in a, in a sense, but it is temporary and that there has to be something better than this. Um, and I think even just in thinking of, of recent podcasts that we've done, um, where we're talking about very good things, right? Like the concert that we went to was a really good thing. Um, and I really enjoyed being there in the moment, but there was some point during the concert um, and I think it was, it was toward the end. I think it was probably when they, when they walked off, um, before coming back out for the encore. It's called the encore. Um, I, I didn't let you finish. Encore. I didn't let you finish. My bad. The encore. Yes. Um, <clears throat> that they, there was this sense of like, oh, this, this good thing is temporary and it's fleeting. And, and that gave, and that gave me this longing of like, man, if, if only there were some sort of, of goodness like this that lasted forever. Um, and I think that that's, that's the case for so many people. I think that's, that's why, I mean, I think one of the, the fundamental conditions of human beings is that, is that we are hedonists to the core. That we're always looking for some sort of pleasure to sustain us. Um, because for, for a lot of people like me, they're in the sense of like, well, if if life consists of just these fleeting pleasures, well then how can how can I make it last? How how can how can I apart from any sense of the eternal, which I think is where I get my sense of lasting joy and peace and such. Um, but for people who are looking for something ap- apart from any eternal reality, they're just they're they're trying to to stay on this like consistent high of of experience of saying oh well if i just continue to fill my life with these things that i recognize as temporary goods then overall i'll have a, a good life yeah and now bobby you would and my assumption is that you would say you're a little bit different than james in that regard or not i <clears throat> i would say that there's some nuanced differences in my understanding um this is not to this. Well, I I am seven years older than James. Mm. I have had a. This far, is our seventh podcast. Oh wow! Yes, and the universe. Coincidence? Wants. I think not. <laughs> um, I think not. That's right. Um, I've experienced a a pretty. I would say it's been a rough road for me to get from age twenty one to age thirty. Um, I was diagnosed with a, with an illness back when I was just about to turn 22 years old and 
it's um, it's a chronic illness. It'll never go away. There's hope that the medicine that I'm on will mitigate it and keep it from affecting me in the future, but it's not a cure because it doesn't undo damage done. I have multiple sclerosis is what it's called, and it's neurodegenerative, and I, I like... That has created a very different experience for my mind, I think, than most 20-somethings experiences. And in some ways, I think that's where I can say I I feel somewhat different in my understanding of, like, things that are temporary. Um, And I think that comes from the reality of, like, experiencing the reality of my temporariness. Mm. Like, I've, I've come closer to it than most people my age because um, I've sat in a hospital room thinking that this brain surgery could end in death and I might be taking some of my last breaths in this moment well then yeah. why why would you say like you've come face to face with the most not that I've had brain surgery by the way they thought I needed it doctor came back in the room I didn't didn't have it don't want to confuse anyone I haven't had brain surgery but yes your question so you, you came face to face with life itself being temporary mm-hmm um, and from that, you gained an appreciation for enjoying things that are temporary. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that, what, why is there a connection there between those two things, do you think? Well, I'll first off say, I am a deep thinker who isn't great at, like, elaborating <laughs> verbally. I think you do a great job. In the moment. Oh. Uh, yeah, I can, I would be able to speak to it if I had more time to think about my answer. But I think... So maybe if we kick it to somebody else, I'll consider that and then swing back to it. But I'll be thinking about what you said. Uh, how could experiencing the temporary nature of life itself lead to a, a fuller experience of the temporary things of this life? Yeah. Right, because my original assumption here, and I've never really come face-to-face with my own personal mortality in a way that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always been more, I guess, philosophical or spiritual, mm-hmm. that mortality. Like seeing that everything is temporary from a philosophical level or from Mm -hmm. a spiritual level. Um, But you would think that when you come face to face with the end of your life and you see it as temporary, you would think that that would actually lead to a further uh, meaninglessness in your life. I mean, that's how I would originally picture it. Like if it was, if this was just like a theory in a book, like you would say, Oh, now I've come to the thing, the thing, life itself, my whole existence is temporary. I've experienced it as temporary, but I've been given a reprieve. Why is it that I would then find newfound meaning in life from there on out? It would seem like I would not, I wouldn't have any meaning after that. That that everything else would be meaningless even more so than before, because I've actually experienced the temporary hmm. reality. Well, also for any listeners out there, I'm a Christian, just like the other two guys in this room, and so my experience of coming face to face with death. I think encouraged my faith in the subsequent years after that experience to, to, to look back on that experience and be able to say like, yep, life is definitely temporary. Like we are not going to last forever it is a really valuable thing. I think to take into an eternal faith perspective because it, it solidifies the idea that you're leaving. Like we're all on our way out and maybe I've just come a little bit closer with that than some people um but i would say my eternal perspective itself is a deeper reason for the appreciation of the temporary things now 
Yeah, I mean that's because, because that's you can look into you you can look into the um, telescope, so to speak, and see where you're headed, and you're not worried about where you are. So when you're enjoying things in the moment, you're not grasping for meaning deeply. You have that insight as well. So like while we were at Derek Trucks, if you listened to it last week, you'll know the context. If you haven't, please listen. Yes. And uh, not, plug, not just to our podcast. Go listen to Derek Trucks. He's incredible. Mm. Go see him live. It's even more incredible by a mm. factor of a thousand. Listen, if you want any song recommendations, I've been listening to 44 by the Derek Trucks Band. Great song. I don't mm. know if you've heard that. That record. record. I'll have Crow Jane as well. Great Crow Jane is great. Great record. Great record. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but anyway, the, the point I'm trying to make or the picture I'm trying to paint is just, just like we're all, every human wants significance. And I think an eternal perspective like the one that Christianity does provide, answers those questions on the deepest level, where it's on the other side of death where we will have enjoyment, and therefore the things that we're going through these days are temporary. And in, an, in a paradoxical way, that is the freedom that we need to actually enjoy the things that are temporary, I would say. So on one level, we're placing... A lot of times, and I think it was what you mentioned earlier, James, of trying to squeeze every drop of pleasure out of something that is that is temporary, that is temporal, temporal. Um, to do, yeah, to to squeeze that pleasure out of it, you are placing the weight of eternity into a thing that is temporary, that is not eternal. So, like, you could mm-hmm. take I don't know what a good example of it would be, like I guess a Derek truck, yeah, to Desky Trucks concert. Um, you had a great time. It was transcendent. It was an amazing experience where you lost yourself in the moment. But then that moment passes and the, the show itself comes to an end. And you can sort of, you can see it drawing to a close just like all of the universe will draw to a close in some, on some day. And it is sad because it, it is not lasting. And there's something deep within you that wants things to last. Yeah, I think, I think on the one hand certainly from a Christian perspective, you can have um, a, a sinful longing for the things of this world to last, right? Um, where if you are looking for ultimate meaning, ultimate purpose in those fleeting moments of this world, well then, you're right, we're, we're putting our hope in something other than who God is and what our eternal future is. Um, and I think that 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 certainly is contrary to a Christian worldview. Um, and maybe this is just my own desire to think that I'm not as sinful as I actually am. Um, but I don't think that I don't think that my view of these temporal things is is coming out of a, is coming out of that that sinful side of things. I think um, I think my the reason why um, I have that sense of sadness after experiencing something that is good but temporary is precisely because um because i understand that it's that it is not lasting and i know that um and i know that there is an eternal future that is ultimately good and ultimately glorious where there will be 
no end and there will be no fallen aspect of it. There will be no imperfection to it. Um, there will be no sin to it. And I know that I'm not there yet. Um, and so I, I would say that even in reflecting upon that, that it's not necessarily a sadness per se, but it's more of a, it's more of a longing for the future. Mm. Um, it's like a, a common refrain in Christianity is come Lord Jesus. Right. And I think that that, that attitude is really, is really what's at, what's at the heart of it. I think is, is that like, I see that there, that there are good things here that I can enjoy, but that's not, those things, no matter how good they are, are never like good enough for me to like ultimately be satisfied with them. And I think as Christians, we long for that one day when we are fully satisfied, um, that we're no longer conflicted between like the good elements of this world and the brokenness of this world. But we know that all things have been renewed and reconciled and that, that in that there is true joy. I think that's that ultimately is the is the comparison that that leads me to when I start to when when I when I find myself enjoying something that is good, I'm like, but wait, there's there's more and that more is a not yet. I think that's where that this sense of this longing comes from. Yeah. Because <clears throat> I would assume that you always need some kind of element of um longing for something else um what are you guys doing? i'm just taking my shoes off All right. my bad i got distracted by we're bobby just, we're just relaxing you know um so because if you're if you do enjoy all things and you enjoy things that are temporary but you enjoy them without any sort of longing towards eternity I think there can be damage in that too because like I mentioned before that those things themselves whether it be you know good concert sex alcohol um, you know I don't know anything at all um, they're all going to fade away and when you put all of your hope in those things you tend to become quite it, it tends to become quite empty although there's a lot of people that live their entire lives jumping from one pleasure to the next and like, cause, okay, so I was thinking people who, people who have, you know, suicidal ideation, who actually commit suicide, they often, or people often say that it is, the person is unable to picture a future of happiness of it in any way. Hmm. The depression, the sadness that they feel at that moment, the hopelessness that they feel at that moment, they feel will go on for eternity. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a twisted, a, it's an inversion of that hope that we have for eternity, that longing we have for happiness and joy past them, they now have this depression that they feel will last forever. It's like an opposite of taking taking joy in temporary pleasures. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think <clears throat> I think that in one sense, the um, the depressed person understands more than the than the hedonistic person does. The person who does just seemingly live their whole, their, their entire life in contentment. Um, because the depressed person sees that, oh, all of these things are meaningless on the surface. Like if we try to make anything an ultimate end in itself, it's, there's no, there's no purpose to it. There's no meaning to it. 
Um, and many people have lived their lives in saying, well, the reason why we could look, we look at something and we say that there's no purpose in it is because the purpose does not exist and we're not created to live for a purpose. Um, which I, I personally believe that that's just rejecting the question. Um, it's not being intellectually honest with the question itself. It's saying that the, the question's not valid. What's the question itself? <clears throat> the question itself is like whether or not things have purpose. Right. Right. So, so to... Of course they do. Um, so to, yeah, to merely reject that and to live in spite of that question almost, I think is, is intellectually dishonest. And I think that that person is, is rejecting a fundamental aspect of human nature that for some reason, um, and I, and I have a firm belief as to what that reason is, but for some reason, human beings are naturally purpose seekers, right? Um, imagine like even like a child is always always asking well why mommy why 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 um and we're obsessed with this question for some reason and so we could just try to ignore the question act like it doesn't exist and say oh well there is there is no purpose but the purpose doesn't matter and try to live almost in spite of that or we can really wrestle with that and i think that that's where the depressed person really is is starting to come to terms with well, what is, what is that, the answer to that question? Because I don't, think that, <clears throat> I don't think that you can answer that question by saying that the purpose of this life is just to live it up to the best of your ability, right? Because that seems to be the definition of, of futile. Yeah, but at the same time, like, I would assume many hedonistic people are probably just covering their depression, and so they're using it as, as an out. Like, yeah. In a way, it does seem like you can, it logically makes sense that all of these things are temporary, hence what is the point of doing any of them. But when you do them, you get a temporary boost of pleasure, mm -hmm. and you get some kind of temporary enjoyment, even if it leaves you miserable afterwards. Um, so why not at least pursue those temporary pleasures? I mean, this is what the author of Ecclesiastes argues. Like, he goes throughout all these different ways of living life. He goes the pleasure, the hedonistic route. Um, he tries to find wisdom, see if there's any solace in that. Um, but he ends up saying that it is all meaningless, and he ends up quite, I guess you'd say quite depressed probably, because he, he's he's surrounded by power and glory and you know concubines and all everything you could ever set your heart towards, and yet he's sitting there and saying that everything is meaningless, vanity of vanities. Um, and that is, in a way, I mean, I don't know, for me, it's, apart from God, everything is meaningless. Mm -hmm. And I still struggle with that. Even being a Christian, I still struggle with everything feeling meaningless, especially when God himself seems absent. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, what would you say to that, Bobby? I would say bravo for saying that. I think that's a tough thing to say. But I think a lot of people can resonate with that. Like, feeling like God is absent especially to the Christian um, like life is life is not easy it's a, it's it's easily a comparison game I think we can get caught um, and we well I think we often find ourselves kind of comparing things whether it's with other people or with our past experiences or the hope of our future experiences not quite being there yet there is a longing that's going on um, I'd encourage anybody who is listening to 
consider how they feel about God, whether you believe in him or not. Um, because I think that is at the heart of what we're talking about, especially as James has gone on to explain our, our longing. Um, kind of brings about a fundamental question, I think, for the non-Christian, if you're listening, would be, do you think that there is an inner longing that is driving you? That is a good question to ask. And that can be a really hard question to ask because you might find yourself in a spot where you feel like, well, I believe there's a God, but why isn't he present? Like the, things make too much sense in a very odd way. Like, I don't know, I, I never chose to exist, yet here I am. I know I'm going to end, and that's temporary, and we're talking about temporary today. So I don't really know where I'm going, where Bobby's going like <laughs> with this message, but I just feel like all these thoughts are kind of bouncing around at the same time. Where... I, like, I want to be able to reach through your computer screen and just, like, greet you with this message of completeness. But I, I, I can't. And my personal belief, like James's deep conviction and Josh as well, is that Jesus is the one who delivers that for us. Uh, but I, I think it's worth asking the question, no matter what you believe, is, like, do I have an eternal bent about my spirit? Is there something in there that longs for more? And I think to bring it to our question for the podcast is like, well, if we, if the three of us agree that we know we're ending, according to the way that we know and the world that we're in now, and we'll graduate to some greater existence in eternity with the Father, why enjoy things yeah. now? Mm-hmm. And if I'm to speak to that question, I would maybe pose another question. Do you think God is joyful? And I'll leave it there mm. to bounce. For... Do I think God is joyful? Yeah. <coughs> yes. Okay. So, and maybe take that into, like, what does that mean for us more than the upper level? Because I think our audience might be more interested in, like, how does this relate to us? Mm. Right? That's fair. That's fair. So if God's joyful, do, well, do we agree? Um, I think, I mean, I think that God is far more complex than we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that you could say that, that God is joyful. Mm-hmm. Um, you certainly wouldn't say he's not joyful. True. So at the very least. Yes. You could say it negatively. Um, yeah, I think. It's one um, of the many qualities that he has. Yeah, so um, I'm I'm biting my tongue here a little bit because I'm a bit of a theology nerd. Um, Go ahead, man. Don't bite your tongue. Don't bite it, bro. So, because um, I'm just I don't know much. So, I don't read much. So one of the you know much. Um, one one challenge that we have as human beings is that um, is that we are we are finite, right? And and this all does tie back into our conversation, like oh well. We're living in a temporary world, um, and we experience things in a very finite way. Um, so when finite human beings try to describe an, an infinite God, well, there's certainly going to be shortcomings, right? Um, and one way we've often tried to describe God and who he is um, is by talking of, like, the attributes of God, Um God has all of these these different attributes that we can we can describe and such. 
Um, but that that attitude, when we when we start to pursue that a little a little too much, um, we lose um, a doctrine of the church called um, divine simplicity, where um, divine simplicity argues that um, that that the doctrine of divine simplicity would state that um, that God is is simple in His being that that God is is one essence, right? That there are um, that just uh, that similar in some sense to a human being, um, that I as a as a person, if I'm observing Joshua nearly, I can I can describe Josh in all of these different ways and like all of the different facets that I see him, right? Like Josh is a man, Josh is a tutor, Josh is a Christian, um, all of these sorts of things. Um, <laughs> stud for <laughs> sure, right? um, for sure. Not true. Um, true. Thanks. Come on, ladies. But but we wouldn't <laughs> But we but we wouldn't say that we wouldn't say that that Josh is just the composition of those parts. Right? right. We wouldn't say that, oh well if I took three parts man, sure. two parts tutor, five parts Christian and put them together, I'd have one Josh. Okay. Right. There's something more it's, to Josh yeah. than just his attributes. Right. Right. Um and and I think we could argue from Scripture that the same goes with God. Mm-hmm. That um, that though we observe God in, in many different ways, and um, some other language you'll hear this being used um, is when we talk about the economic Trinity versus the ontological Trinity. Um, so the ontological Trinity, ontology is the study of being, right? So the ontological Trinity is is God as He is, right? Um, and we we fail to find words that describe who God actually is. But when we're talking about the economic trinity, we're describing God as he has acted, right? As his economics, what I studied in undergrad, the allocation of resources, um, it's describing how God has has acted in history, okay? Um, So when we ask the question, is God joyful? um, Are we saying, do we see in the economic trinity elements where God is joyful? Well, certainly, Mm yes. Yes. Is God's essence joy? And what does that mean? I think that's a much more complex question. Um, because seemingly we'd have a contradiction, right? Because there are some times where we see God is very, very upset, mm-hmm. right? We see God is very angry. On the other hand, we see moments where God is very joyful. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that God changes? Well, no. We have, we have scriptural evidence that, that, God is, that God is one, that God is eternal, right? There's, that God is unchanging, God remains the same, but time itself and humans who are mortal sort of rub up against him in friction. As is sort of, so his anger is sort of a friction, and then the joy would be sort of a smoother rubbing up against God. Yeah, yeah. It's kind so of weird rubbing up against God. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta think of something different. So yeah, and like and and again, as we like as we try to grasp for words to describe the essence of who God is, we'll ultimately fail in some way. If you had to describe the essence of God in one word, what would you say? God, God is God. Yeah, I am who I am. Um, Those four words. Uh, well, okay. I said, yeah. Three of the one names. word would be God. The one word would be God. Um, he did use God three times. Trinity. That's that's pretty good, Jim. <laughs> um, Sounds like a friend of Melody. <laughs> oh gosh. But yeah, yeah. So there's, so there's this sense where like, as and again, see, this was what I was trying to avoid because, um, yeah, because I, I mean, I could go on about this for hours, but that was um, interesting. But I would say 
to summarize, and I'm going to hold myself to that, to summarize. Um, well, that, tie, tie it back to the temp- temporary. Yeah, that, temporary. that God is one being, one essence. I Actually, I really like that that illustration, that... Um, that we as that that God is is the one being um, that exists that does not conform to its surroundings, mm. that does not, um, yeah, that that does not change fundamentally based on events or surroundings. That God is who He is, and He is unchanging. Mm. Um, and so, in that, I think that that yes, that that there are aspects of creation, right? Namely human beings that reflect the image of God. And I think that that ultimately God himself is seeking his glory, which is a whole nother conversation of like what that means. But that that God's purpose for creation is his glory, right? That that true goodness and reality, the 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 nature of who God is would be reflected and magnified and glorified. Um and so, so in that, I think that these, these moments that we have of joy are moments when we're experiencing some element of who God is, whether we realize it or not. Um, so in, in the, the concert that we went to, right, um, we, we got to experience moments of harmony and beauty and goodness um, that is just a dim reflection of who God is in in harmony in in a, a triune a, a triune existence in perfect harmony, right? Um, of true goodness um, and true beauty, I think those are those are things that are are reflected of the character of God. And I think that's that's just one example. Um, even if we go back to other episodes that we've done in talking about the, the island, the island, or um, maybe in contrast, um, looking at like episodes where we saw things that aren't good, like, um, like the, why would I get my heart broken episode? Right. Well, that's the, 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 the bad things of this world, as we would call them are things that are going against the nature of who God is. So heartbreak is a disunity, right? It's a a destruction of relationship, which is opposed to who God is in unity and perfect relationship. Um, so to then ultimately answer the question of why would I enjoy something temporary, I would enjoy something temporary because it's, it is something that is good in and of itself. And it's good in and of itself because it's reflecting the nature of who God is. And I think that, it's that, that one of the many tensions that we hold as Christians is that, um, is that on the one hand, we have, we're we're confessing that these things are good, right? Because they are demonstrating part of who God is, but we can't, we can't take that. We can't take that too far and say that these things are ultimate goods in and of themselves. Um, yeah. And I would say maybe it's not even so much about enjoying things that are temporary because again, the heartbreak as for me, the heartbreak that I had as bad as it was, and it felt like it would go on forever. It was temporary in a way Hmm. um now should i have enjoyed that heartbreak just because it was temporary like many everything that you experience actually is temporary so i guess our 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 question originally was a little bit more like a little bit more specific like why should we enjoy things that like that are fun even though they're temporary even though they fade away maybe in the same way that we don't become 
that we don't commit suicide because we experience heartbreak or because we experience one bad thing or we come close to, you know, death in some way. We don't then end end it all because it, because we experienced a bad thing once. No, there will be good. And then in the same way, when you're experiencing something good, you must always remember that there probably will be something bad to come at some point in the future. But you don't have to let that ruin your the present moment of the good. Right. But I don't know how you would... I just don't think there's a good formula for it because when when you're experiencing something bad, you do have the hope that it will pass. Even if it doesn't pass in this lifetime, it will pass eventually. But when you're experiencing something good, you don't want it to end. So you can't like hope for something bad to happen in the future. I guess hope no longer comes into play if you're experiencing something good. The only thing you're hoping for is for that good which will not end in the future. Yeah. And I and I think that's that's why I would land on this question in sort of a both and <clears throat> realm. Um that we are we are simultaneously um we are simultaneously supposed to and meant to enjoy the good things of this world while recognizing our longing for the eternal good. Um that yeah, that if if we go either way of um, taking one for rejecting the other, um, then we're we're not viewing these things in their proper context, and we're going to end up at some extreme if we take them to their logical conclusion. If we say that we should or would, sorry, we're, we're all about would here. <laughs> Freaking not Holly, sure. sorry Holly, um, I'm not sorry. <laughs> um, if we say we. Um, why would I enjoy temporary things? Well, um, if I'm enjoying temporary things while rejecting the fact that they're pointing to anything eternal, well, then I'm going to pursue that to its logical end and say, oh, well, I just need to keep pursuing these good things all the time. And that will ultimately lead to despair, right? Um, I think one thing that's always very convincing for me is looking at all of these examples of people who have who have reached the pinnacle, who have who have actually gotten what they wanted and realized that it wasn't enough. Um, yeah, there's so many of them. Like one, Julius Caesar, for instance, when he had finally won the civil war that he'd been fighting for for his whole life, pretty much. He had defeated Pompey, and uh, uh, Pompey was dead and, and killed in Egypt, and he finally had sole command of all of Rome, and he no longer had to give it up. He was dictator. He had all the power that he could ever crave, that he'd been striving for his entire life. You would think his first reaction, his first action would be to go back to Rome to celebrate and to be, to be adored and to be worshipped by his fellow Roman citizens. But he actually stays in Egypt for I think close to six months or something crazy like that, and just floats down the Nile with Cleopatra. So it's like at that point he kind of I, I this is a, this is just an assumption or like a hypothesis on my part, but it's like at that point he gained everything in the world, and he realized that it wasn't worth that much, and he was like, well, let me just pursue the hedonistic lifestyle for a bit. Everything he'd been working for his entire life, he put he just kind of said, okay, I have it now. Um, I don't need to go home and consolidate it and enjoy it. Maybe because it doesn't mean anything. I'll just float down the Nile, have lots of sex with Cleopatra, and uh, eventually he does come back. But, I mean, he's miserable for the rest of his life, and he's assassinated. So that's a good one to, to chalk under. Why would you gain the whole world but lose your soul? 
Yeah. John D. Rockefeller yeah. said when asked how much money is enough, he said just one more dollar. I don't know. I don't know how much money he had, but I <laughs> I think it's a decent chunk of change. I think it's more. Is it more than anyone who currently has anything? If you take into account inflation over time. Um, I think in America, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know how it. It was a ton. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the point is, up. the point is, we're all like that. Mm-hmm. Like we're all grasping for more, and whether we identify it as a tangible item like a dollar or not, it's never going to be enough if it is ultimately a temporary thing. Like money, or the enjoyment of a concert, yeah, which can get to the end. I I want to I want to put in one plug for enjoying things that are temporary because mm-hmm. that's like the point of this, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, a good way to bring it around. Like yeah, there there is a lot to be said for the analogy that James has brought forth so eloquently. Like we're in a both and scenario. We've got temporary things to enjoy and an eternal longing that we're eventually going to be fulfilled in when we reach that heaven for the Christian. Um, and so like enjoy the temporary thing, but remember that it's pointing to like a deeper eternal thing, I think is a great way to look at it. That's the, that's what I embrace or at least try to when I'm doing things like enjoying a Derek trucks concert or this will reveal my rednekedness and my simpleton nature. Rednekedness. That's right. If I'm catching a big fish, it's like <laughs> one of the most enjoyable things I've ever done. Like every time, it doesn't matter. Like if it's, I don't know, I, I could probably catch a five pound bass a million times and still love it. Mm. Like at the end. Um, and you won't want like a 5.1 pound bass. <laughs> that'd be great, but it's <laughs> like in that moment when you're, it's just fighting on its way in and it's, it's an enjoyable thing and that's like what you've been literally fishing for. Uh, the whole day it culminates in this point where like for a moment everything else drips away from the scene just like at the concert we talked about being transcended by Derek Truck's guitar playing and the whole band filling the arena we were in just with music that just took us to a different level it's like there are experiences that we can have where everything else drips away and if you're Christian, if you're non-Christian, I know you know what I'm talking about if you've experienced one of those things. Well, and I think like, it, I think experiencing those things is worth it. And I, so I, and I think it's because we're meant to enjoy things to a point. Like, so do it. Like enjoy <laughs> those things. That's my plug. Yeah, yeah and I, I'd, as hard as it is, I don't know if there's a good formula for achieving this, but enjoy the temporary things as they are and then also accept that they're come that they will pass um and as you're enjoying it i mean i remember during the concert one thing i kept telling myself which is i've been trying to do more often which is a fun thing to do is to tell yourself there is no moment but now mm-hmm. the moment i'm experiencing now is all that is that that exists sure i have my future that i could create in my head mm-hmm. but i'm still just taking advantage of the present to think about the future mm-hmm. or I'm taking advantage of the present to think about things that happened in my past. Yeah. All that I really am is this moment in time right now. And that really helped, I think, for enjoying that concert. Um, and then, yeah, just accept it that it will pass, but that's okay. That's all part of life. Like if you're on an, if you're outside on a really hot day and you feel a cool breeze pass by you and, and envelop you, you don't then try and hold on to that breeze because you know how ridiculous that is in the same way when you experience Mm -hmm. things things that ease you that 
that give you joy, let them give you joy and don't try and hold on to it because that is where that is where misery comes into play. I think this grasping of sand, mm-hmm. which will just which will just flow through your fingertips, unless you have really small hands. <laughs> um, really small hands. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think going along with that a little bit. I think it's it's yeah it's it's important to enjoy it in the moment and i and i think i think ultimately the way that we can be satisfied be, by these things um is by understanding them in the context of um like as christians believing that well yeah like this this cool breeze is good now um but imagine an eternity of cool breezes mm-hmm. or um I imagine like this, like this music, this harmony is good now, but imagine an eternity of harmony. Um, and I think that, 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 I I think that's how we can hold on to, to both strands of this conversation is that we can, we can, we can look at something and say, this is good now and it will be even better in the world to come. And if you're in a temporary place where you're full of misery or you're in pain or whatever, it's just things just aren't going well, just remember that there is good to come, often when you least expect it, often when it's at, you know, the, the, the night is darkest before the dawn. So just remember there are, yeah, there are, there are moments that will come that you can, then, you can then realize that life is worth it, and they usually come at the most random times. Um, Okay, so we're nearing almost an hour already. Amazing. Um, do you guys have any last any last thoughts? You guys did a great job there a moment ago. Do you have any last thoughts? I think I think that was pretty much it. I would. I, I have one last thought, kind of off of what you just said, Josh. That there are dark times that we experience. If you are on the other end of the computer listening to this, and like are just totally discouraged because you haven't enjoyed anything in a long time or maybe you're lonely. Like Melody. We we're we're three dudes that live together in Charlottesville that are great friends with each other and we are in a special place where we're really comfortable because of that. Like um and I just don't want that to be part of the message tonight that like you have to be like comfortable always. Like I, I had a really rough go for almost ten years before moving to Charlottesville. And Josh is right when he says things do turn for the better. Um, and that I just want to say that as an encouragement that if you're in a tough spot, like hang on. And I think if anybody looks at you and says they can't relate, they're probably lying to themselves mm-hmm. as much as anything, because everybody goes through hard stuff. So. Yeah, and I, I I agree with that completely. Like I like I mentioned before, it's it's I still struggle with a lot of a lot of depression, a lot of feeling that God is absent, even though I believe in Him. It feels like He's not here a lot of times, and it's very tough. But there is a bedrock that that can never be removed, and even if you don't feel it, it is there, and it will never be removed. So you don't have to worry. Yeah, yeah, and I I think one one encouragement um in in those sorts of seasons is um is for you to to look back on on your life when when life wasn't like this um 
and and to to use that as a hope to say well that that I know it, at one time I experienced goodness um, and that um, and that that goodness can come again um, and and for and for some people like there there are things that fundamentally change your life um, like I'm I mean I can't speak for Bobby and his experience but I'm sure that when he got diagnosed with MS that 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 was a fundamental change in his life and he knew that things would never be the same um, but here 10 years out from that he can look back on that and say that was hard but life is good um, and and there and there are still I mean there are still terrible things that do happen but I think ultimately the hope of the Christian is that no matter what happens in this life that we know that we have an eternal hope um, as as Peter says that we have a hope that is imperishable undefiled and unfading um, and that's what gets me through through every day and there are days that are harder than others for sure but at the end of the day I know that no matter what happens in this life that we have a hope that is imperishable undefiled and unfading that is kept in heaven for us and that one day we will get to experience that fully um, and my hope and my prayer for you listeners out there is that um, for those of you who do believe that, um, then I praise God for you, and that, um, and my prayer for you is that you continue to walk in that hope. Um, and for for those of you who don't believe, my my prayer is that you would really wrestle with with whether or not that hope is real, and that you would investigate it because I firmly believe that that hope is real, and I hope that you one day come to believe that too. Amen to that. Um, with that, we're going to end it. If you do have any thoughts or any questions or you just want to talk to someone again our pod our email is why would i podcast at gmail.com um, we'll be back later this week with some more episodes but in the meantime everyone have a good night and it's 9 34 in case you're wondering um we'll be back later you guys have a good one see ya bye bye bye